Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. And so, I'm so glad to be here, so glad you could all come. And uh, I just really can't get that song out of my mind. It's just such a great song, isn't it? Just can't even count all the miracles, all of the miracles. And we're so humbled. We're so humbled. Oh, let's just take a minute and thank him. Father, thank you. Thank you for all the miracles you've done. So many things we didn't even notice. Uh, We just took for granted things. And we're just humbled by your your over uh, all everything in our life. We thank you, Father, that you're taking such good care of each of us wherever we are. Over the whole world, your spirit is poured out over the whole world. You've given us, Father, your word. You've given us your Holy Spirit. You've enlightened our path. You've taken obstacles out of our way. You've opened doors and closed doors. You've healed us, set us free. We thank you for everything you've ever done for us. And the times we didn't thank you, we thank you today for everything ever, past, present, and future. We thank you. And we thank you, Lord, that you are here with us as we look into your word, as we become strong, as we become equipped, as we become those who can stand in the gap and pray for others. It's not just praying for ourselves, but it's praying for the rest of the world, Father. Thank you that you've called us to stand, to stand. And having done all to stand, we will continue to stand and we will continue to pray. We will continue to believe. We will continue to speak your word over family members that don't know you, over those who've gone astray, who have backslidden, and those, Father God, who just need your touch today. We thank you, Lord, that your your arm is not too short, your ears are not deaf, that you and your eyes are open upon all the world, everywhere, all over the world. Father, we've heard all of the things that are happening all over the world. The churches are being raised up, even in these dark hours. We pray that you pour out your spirit upon them today. Pour out your spirit and your word upon them today and your protection over those who need protection. We thank you, Father, that you are protecting all of the military, all of those who are in harm's way. We thank you, Father, that you blind the eyes of the enemy to those who are preaching the word in dangerous places. We thank you, Father, that you are always moving, lifting up, removing burdens, that you have given us your Holy Spirit that breaks every yoke. And your word is in our mouth and your word is the creative word, the prophetic word. And we speak the word of God in our prayers. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, that you are getting all of us in the right place. You are moving us around. You are leading us by your spirit into the place we need to be, not just physically, but in life. If we've missed it, we're sorry. We thank you that you get us back on our track, that you have given us your spirit, Father. You are not condemning us in the name of Jesus. There is now no condemnation in the in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father, that you have raised us up and you have seated us with Christ in heavenly places and we are called to rule and reign in this life in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And thank you, Father, for the word and spirit today in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, you know, it's good to pray. You know, uh, pray all around the world. 
Oh, did we just do that? <laughs> it's all right. You know, God's looking for people to pray. Did you know that? I mean, he's looking for people to pray. He says, you know, there are things that are happening in the earth and I'm looking for people to stand in the gap. I'm looking for people to pray, people who know how to pray, people who know the word of God and they just let it come out of their mouth because how is God going to do anything on the earth unless a man stands in the gap and asks? I mean, John Wesley said that God doesn't do anything on the earth unless a man prays because you know why? Because he gave the authority to men. Book uh, Psalm says that the earth belongs to man. God's given it to us, and uh, we don't want to make a mess of it. Amen. We want to pray God's blessings, and so you know, I I uh, thank you for coming to my prayer meeting. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yay! <laughs> You know, the funny thing is, uh, I have a Zoom prayer meeting, and, you know, I don't even have an iPad or, uh, you know, I don't have those gadgets, but I do have a Zoom prayer meeting, and um, at first I said, no, 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 I, I can't do that. Uh, that's just too complicated for me, and then they told me, just push this button, and I go, oh, okay, and so, uh, you know, it's wonderful, and you can do it too. Now, you can do it. You can do it. You can just... Buzz up a couple friends. I don't know how you do that part, but you can just get a couple of friends on the Zoom and you can pray. You can pray for things. You can start praying. I'm telling you, when we pray, things happen. And you can pray. And so uh, uh, just go for it. That's, you know, I, 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 that's what I do. I just go for it. And God's always there. I think Dave said, you know, just jump off the edge and God's there to catch you. So, um, and I want to say this, uh, that uh, if I see you on your phone, uh, I don't have uh, sermon notes. <laughs> you know, Pastor Don says, okay, get your sermon notes on your phone. I don't have sermon notes. So if I see you on your phone, I'm going to say, who's that? Is that for me? <laughs> So we're just going to dive into the word, and um, I'm just thankful to be here. Believe you me, I'm thankful to be here. Well, Jeremiah 29, 11. We all know that scripture, amen? For I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts of good and not for evil, to give you future and a hope, or hope in your future. And so you are here today on purpose, God's purpose. Now, God didn't just take a bunch of clay and sling it out there like that, and whatever we land, we land. No, God created you with purpose, intent. He gave you gifts. He gave you uh, creative abilities because God's your father, and he's a creator, and we're creative. And so he's given you gifts, and the gifts are just not for you. The gifts are to be a blessing to the world. God has a plan for the whole world. I mean, the whole world he has a plan for. And you have a part in that plan. I mean, you may have an eight to five job, and I hope that you do, but that is not the main reason you are on this earth to work eight to five every day. You are here to be a witness, to glorify God in your work and in your relationships. And so, you know, God's made you a new creature in Christ. And it's uh, the privilege of every believer to expect to hear from God. Can we say amen? amen? It is the privilege of every believer to expect 
to hear from God. And I'm telling you this morning, not just me, but I mean the words of God tell you that you can hear from God. Yes, you can. You know, I I thought for years, no, I couldn't. But the word of God says that my sheep know my voice. They are led by my spirit. So you can hear the will of God and the word of God for your life. And, And once you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have become a new creation. Now, that new creation can hear from God. That new creation can be led by God. You're a new creation. Now, we need to get out of, we're not just made over people or makeover people or flip or flop people. (laughs) We are new creations. Something that has never existed before is in the side of you, in your spirit. You are a new creation, and that new creation can hear from God. You know, before you heard all these other voices, yak, 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 out there in the world, but now you are created to hear from God, and he has a plan and a purpose for your life, and it's just a wonderful plan and a purpose. I knew my purpose as a young child was to serve God, but I didn't know exactly how that was going to happen. Uh, for many reasons, I just thought, well, this can never happen. But you know what? I just knew in my heart that's what I wanted. That's what I knew that I was created for was to serve God. And so I just want to say this. You make knowing your purpose your priority. You will figure out your purpose. You have to make it a priority in your life. You, you know, if you're a tennis player... Playing tennis is your priority. Uh, you know, you, you have to make it a priority to hear from God. I don't know what other priorities you have in your life, but you've got to make it a priority to seek God. And if you will do that, make him your priority. He will speak to you. And, you know, there's a lot of people that I know that they have no vision for their life. But the word of God says that people perish for lack of a vision. As a matter of fact, in Proverbs 29, verse 18, the word says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. How many want to be most blessed? Yes. Then we have to attend to what God wants us to attend to. So there are people that, you know, they just have absolutely no vision. And then there's those that, that um, have a vision, but they're just stuck in the mud. I've kind of put it like this. You got to shift out of that gear. I don't know about you, but like we had an old 1949. You weren't even born then. Never mind. Uh, so it's okay. But we had a first gear shift was on the column thingy. And then we had a thingy here that you, uh, in the next car that you pushed back and forth was like a gear shift. Remember that? And you had a little thing over here you pushed in and and if you didn't get it right, you would just grind along, you know, in that first gear. It's just awful. It was just, we need to shift gears, church. We need to know we are a supernatural body of Christ in the earth, and we can hear from God. We've got to shift out of slow, or whatever that first gear was, slow poke. <laughs> We've got to shift into a different gear. And so some people, they just get stuck in the mud. And then there's other people that, you know, they had a vision. They did have a vision, but they've been so disappointed in life. And they have been, uh, 
so disappointed because things in life didn't turn out like how they thought. And so they just let those things go. I want to tell you something. You can either be a victim or you can be a student. You can either be a victim and just sit in the mess or you can be a student. You can learn. You can learn the ways of God. You can learn, God, what can I learn here? How can I get up? How can I get out of this mess? Amen. And so, you know, they're just, it's a lonely place to be. It's a lonely place to be. And, uh, but we, sometimes we know what God wants us to do and we're going along our life and we do, we get disappointed and we get depressed. And, you know, maybe you thought you'd be doing something else. And listen, I thought, I thought that I would teach God's word, but I thought I would, it would be different. I thought I'd be very nice and prim and proper and just stand here, but it's, it's not happening, is it? <laughs> but I just waited on the Lord. And as those doors were open, I just kept my hope going. You know, if you lose hope, boy, that is a, a bad place to be in. You want to keep your hope. So as I was looking through the word of God, I found a, a guy that kind of I could relate to. And uh, in Acts chapter 13, you don't have to turn there, but and you can't look it on your phone. Well, I guess you could now because I told you. Uh, uh, verse uh, 22 says that I have found David, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will and carry out all my purpose. What a wonderful thing for God to say about David. But did David always follow God? No. But you know what? This was written in the New Testament. And God had a purpose for his life. And I think it's important that we look at it. So let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 16. Now this is in the very beginning when the Lord called David. 1 Samuel chapter 16. In the very first verse, it says, uh, the Lord said to Samuel, who was the prophet, he said, I'm going to anoint uh, another king. Uh, Saul is not going to be ruling, but I'm going to anoint another king. And I have provided for myself a king among his sons. So I told him to go over to Jesse because Jeff Jesse had seven sons. And uh, the prophet was told, you shall anoint for me the one I named to you. So Samuel did what he was supposed to do. And he went over to Jesse's house. Jesse had seven sons. He made them all pass before him. But look at verse seven. But the Lord said to Samuel, look not on his appearance or at the height of his stature, for I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees, but the man, for man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. If you don't have that scripture underlined with stars, it would be good if you did. For man looks on the outward appearance, you know, have, have we all done that? But God looks at the heart. And so he said, don't you have any more sons? And he said, I've got one more, but he's out tending the sheep. And he says, well, bring him in here. So he brought him in there. And I mean, that was the one in verse 13. Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed David in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. The spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily, mightily, mightily from that day forward. And so, you know, David then is anointed by the Lord 
and he knows he's going to be king. He's been anointed, and that means something special because not everybody in the Old Testament was anointed with anointing oil, just prophet, priest, and king. So David was anointed. So David goes back to take care of the sheep. His brothers go out and fight the war. There was a war going on with the Philistines. And so the dad says, hey, kid, (laughs) whatever, take this cheese and this bread and take it out to your brothers who are fighting in the battle against the Philistines. So David did as his father said. He took the cheese out to his brothers. And while he was there, he heard this roaring giant who was saying, you guys are a bunch of cowards. You can't fight me. We're going to demolish you and whatever they say and those kind of things. And so uh, David said, uh, who is this uncircumcised Philistine anyway that would defy the armies of the living God? So this spirit of courage and bravery and boldness just rose up on David and said, well, you're not going to talk to us like that. So he told the king, hey, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to kill the giant. So David goes out, you know, I'm paraphrasing this. So David goes out and he kills the giant, cuts off his head, and then everybody celebrates. Everybody celebrates that the giant has been killed. And so, you know, they're singing songs like David has killed, uh, you know, 10,000, Saul a thousand. And, you know, you would think that everything would just be great because here David has done what God had called him to do. Now let's turn right here since you're in 1 Samuel. But Saul became jealous and envious of David because the people just loved David. So uh, we know the story goes that uh, Saul wanted to kill David. What? He's anointed to be king. How could that happen? Well, let's look in 1 Samuel chapter 22. 1 Samuel chapter 22, verse 1. So David departed and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brothers and his father's house heard it, they all went down to him. And everyone in distress or dead or discontented gathered to him. And he became a commander over them. And there were about 400 men. So now we have David running for his life. He's hiding in a cave. Now look down at verse 5. Then the prophet said, David, don't remain in this cave. Leave and go over here. Go to the land of Judah. So David left and he went into a forest. And then in 1 Samuel chapter 23, let's look in verse 14. David remained in the wilderness strongholds in the hill country of the wilderness of Ziph. Saul sought him every day. Every day, Saul sought him, but God did not give him into his hands. So Saul sought to kill him every day. This young man who had been anointed to be king is running for his life. Wait a minute. I'm supposed to be king. What's going on here? He's running for his life. Right here, let's look in 1 Samuel chapter uh, 23, verse 26. We said that one, I think, already. David was running for his life. Saul were chasing them, trying to capture them. And uh, then in 1 Samuel, uh, not only that, it says right here in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 24, verse 2. Then Saul took 3,000, 3,000 chosen men out of Israel and went to seek David and his men among the rocks of the wild goats. So now it's not just Saul that's chasing him and his army. There's 3,000 people chasing David. 3,000 people. But God had told him he was to be king. But 
All he did was run and hide and he became exhausted. He became tired. He became discouraged. I mean, just reading about all the running he did exhausts me. If you've ever seen the uh, rocks over there in the Middle East in those caves, I mean, to tell you, they are just one crevice after another, one cave after another, climbing, climbing, and hardly any water. And so it's just like this was his life. This young man who was supposed to be king, all he was doing was running, running, running. Now, wait a minute. God had said, I have chosen me a king. Go and anoint him. Pour the oil on him. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David. But he had been chased. This went on for 10 years. I'm, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you've been in for 10 years, running, trying to make things work, strategizing, just thinking about how you can make this work for 10 years. I'm telling you, it wears you out. It wears your mind out. It's just over and over and over. And you get so tired and you think, oh, this isn't surely how it's supposed to be. And so where David is in running. And now let's look in first Samuel chapter 26. Let's just jump over uh, to uh, 27. So he's been running. So he's tired. God has protected him all this time. But you know how you get tired. You get discouraged. You get frustrated. We've all been there. 1 Samuel chapter 27, verse 1. But now we see something else. Just look at these first few words. But David said in his heart. Nobody talks to you more than you. David said in his heart. Nobody else heard it. Nobody else knew what he was saying to himself. But he was saying this in his heart. I know that feeling. I know that I say things in my heart. That, you know, you can't, you're never going to be good enough. You can't do that. What do you think you're doing? How can you do that? Who do you think you are? I mean, over and over and over. And those thoughts that are in your heart lead you to make decisions. Those thoughts in your heart lead you to choices. And the thoughts in your heart, the word of God says in Proverbs that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Those thoughts in your heart are powerful. And God doesn't talk to us that way. Listen, that's not the voice of God. And didn't I say we can hear the voice of God? But that's not the voice of God. The God of you can't and condemnation. That's not the voice of God. How are you going to know that? That it's not God's voice. You're going to get in the word. You're going to make this your priority. This is going to divide all those thoughts that are not God and are God. And you're going to follow God. But David, anointed to be king. David was anointed to be king. David was anointed to be king. The spirit of the Lord came on him mightily. But here it says, David said in his heart. What did David say? I shall now perish. (gasps) David said that? Yeah. I shall now perish. A man who had been anointed by God, who'd had the prophet come and say, you, I have a call of God on you and I want you to do something for me. Anointed him mightily. 
He goes out and he fights the giant. He cuts off the giant's head. He had already killed a lion and a bear. Now he cuts off the giant's head. And now he says, ah, in his heart, I shall surely perish. It's hard to believe, but it's in the Bible. I shall surely perish. I shall surely perish. He said one day by the hand of Saul. No, he wasn't going to perish because why? God said you are going to be king. God said I have a plan for your life. You are not going to perish. You are not going to perish. You are not going to perish in that mess you've gotten yourself into. And I know messes. You are not going to perish from lack of finances. You are not going to perish in that sickness. You are not going to perish in these relationships. You are going to go with God because Pastor Don's been teaching on the Holy Spirit. And you have been anointed with the mighty Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God is in you. God is in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. He has a plan for your life. And if you want to know it, make his word your priority. Make seeking God your priority. And here, David, David didn't pray. David just said that David said in his heart, I shall now perish by the hand of Saul. And then listen to what he says. Oh, he says, there is nothing better. There is nothing better. Look at that. There is nothing better for me that I should than that I should escape into the land of the Philistines. There's nothing better. Now listen to this. There is nothing better than I go to the land of the Philistines. You know what the land of the Philistines was? It was the enemy's camp. Let me put it in today's language. You think there's nothing better than stopping by that bar and having five drinks before you go home? No. That is the land of the enemy, my friends. That is the land of the enemy. Running up credit card till we can't pay our bills. That's the land of the enemy. That's the Philistines. That's the land of the Philistines. And we've been delivered out of that land. Just screaming and hollering at your family and your husband and your children. That's the land of the enemy. And we've been delivered out of the land of the enemy. David, David said, there's nothing better for me. Nothing better. We've got a better covenant based on better promises. Hallelujah. On the blood of Jesus Christ, on the resurrection, on the cross, the resurrection, the word of God, the Holy Spirit. We have a better covenant. Hallelujah. There is. Brothers and sisters, there is something better for you. There is something better for you. There's something better for your children. There's something better for your grandchildren. There's something better for your friends. And it's called the new covenant. Oh, look at this. He says, then Saul will despair of seeking me anymore within the borders of Israel. And I shall escape out of his hands. Well, so he went to the land of the Philistines and the Philistines, well, they're like, oh, good. We're glad you're here, bud. And so he's over there. And so the uh, land of the Philistines, the enemy's camp. And so the king over there says, oh, look, since you're here, I'm going to give you this city. I'm going to give you this city. I'm going to give you this city. I'm telling you, the devil promises you everything and gives you nothing, nothing. He promises you everything. He gives you nothing but heartache and grief, strife, 
anger, bitterness, depression. That's the enemy. That's the enemy's camp. But the king said, here, I'm going to give you this city. So he did. He gave him a city. It was called Ziklag. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Let's look in verse 1. So when David, so David went to see the king, and then the king says, here, you can have the city. So he was there like for a year and four months. So then David and his men came home to Ziklag, and on the third day, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid and had struck Ziklag and burned it with fire. Oh my, you mean he went over in the enemy's camp and that promise that the devil made him turned to ashes? But the Lord says, I will give you beauty for ashes. It may look, it may look like everything's over. It may look like everything's gone. I can't tell you how many times I stood there when I thought to myself, everything's gone. Nothing's going right. Everything's gone. Everything's gone. And I just looked at those ashes and I said, no, out of the ashes, we shall rise in the name of Jesus. Beauty, beauty for ashes, beauty for ashes. I look at all of you. I look at you. You're so beautiful. I don't know your backgrounds, but you're beautiful. You have risen from that pile of ashes and you are beautiful. So they go back. The men, verse four, were all mad at him and uh, they lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more strength to weep. I can relate to that scripture and so can you. Crying, crying till you have no more strength. You have no more strength to weep. Every tear is gone. David's wives had been captured, his children, all of their wives, all their children. Verse 6, David was greatly distressed for the men spoke of stoning him because the souls of the men were so uh, bitterly grieved because they for their children. But now look what says next. But let's all read it together. But David found strength in the Lord his God. I'm telling you, my Bible says David encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord his God. What did he do? He strengthened himself and he said to the priest, let's pray. Verse seven, let's pray. Verse eight, David inquired of the Lord. That means David prayed. Shall I pursue? Shall I get up and move? Shall I get up and go after what's mine? Should I go after the things God has promised me? Let's get up and let's go. And the Lord answered, pursue for you shall surely overtake and recover all. Hallelujah. Woohoo. I mean, seriously, it says recover all, recover all, recover all. It says it three times in this chapter. It says recover all. You shall recover all. I don't know. I don't know what the devil has stolen from you. Maybe time, something like that. Maybe money, maybe your health, maybe your peace of mind. Maybe your relationships. I don't know, but God does. He says, arise, pursue. That means you got to do something. You've got to get up. You know, don't let a crisis go to waste, my friends. Don't let it go to waste. Some of the darkest times in life, I have found strength. Because the Lord strengthened me. And he will you. He will you. It says David encouraged himself in the Lord. So I want to ask you, now this 
this is sort of like a life message and this is sort of like a spiritual discipline for you. How do you encourage yourself in the Lord? How do you, how do you, you, I'm just asking you. Don't all answer at once. <laughs> how do you encourage yourself in the Lord? Well, let's see. David probably reminded himself of what God said. What did God say? What did God say? David, you're going to be king. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. What did God say? I mean, David, remember that time you killed the lion and the bear? Well, you didn't do that. My spirit in you did that. Time you killed Goliath? You didn't do that. My spirit in you did that. It's God's spirit in us that does the work. So how do you encourage yourself in the Lord? You began to rehearse those past victories. You began to rehearse those times. You didn't think you're going to make it, but you did. You begin to rehearse those times like, I don't see a way through this. There is no way. There is no way. But there is a way. The way maker. We begin to encourage ourselves with the promises of God. And we begin to praise him. And we begin to seek his face. And we hear his voice. Pursue. You shall recover all now that all may look different to you, I don't know. But I know that faith is always available. Wherever you are today, wherever you are, I wanna tell you this, faith is available to you. It is a valuable resource, just faith in God. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you, I thank you for these here. I thank you, Lord, that your anointing is upon each and every one of them. I thank you the Spirit of God is upon each and every one of them, making them strong to face any battle. No lion, no bear, no giant is going to take them down. I thank you, Father, that the Word of God is in their mouth. The Word of God is in their mind, and they will say what the Word of God says. I thank you, Lord, that you've given them the strength and the courage to face those giants. You've given them, Father God, the faith to step out, to step out. Even those things that seem impossible, Lord, you have made a way. You have made a way where there seems to be no way. I thank you, Father, that you encourage each one in their situation that today is the first day of the rest of their life and that your faith is always there available to them. And we thank you, Father. Thank you for your promise. Thank you, Father, for telling us to pursue and we shall recover. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Hey, listen, can we thank Pastor Karen for bringing that message today? Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.